Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Oh, welcome, folks. The beginning of a new week. Troy is not here tonight, as he usually is on Mondays. But we haven't had a Monday show for a couple of weeks. So, uh, joining me in Troy's stead is Southern Wood. Clay Sharp, how you doing? Right here. Hey, I'm, I, I accept the fact that I'm sloppy seconds. And oh, just, you're on I the show all in. the time. You're in the Hall of Fame, and Troy I, is. I just fill in whenever the need is there. That's what I do. That's not sloppy seconds. It means you're like, you're my rock. Okay, would you like me to read the text? Uh, Troy can't make it tonight, so reckon you can come by? Yeah. Not, hey, Clay, I want you to come do the show with me. It's like, well, I can't find anybody else, so... You were my first choice when the normally scheduled no. co-host was not able to make it. No, I am the ex-girlfriend that you're like, well, I ain't got nothing else to do, no, and I can't get anybody oh, come else. come on. You, you are Southern Wood. You are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you whatever. Given, you were given a mighty paddle to commemorate our relationship and your relationship to this show. I do, and it sits on the mantle of my yeah, fireplace. Exactly. At the house right don't, now. don't act it's like... It's really nice. You're not some side I, You didn't give it to me, though. Eric did. I, no, I gave it to you. I commissioned him to make it. <laughs> my goodness. Are we really going to begin the show this way on a Monday? Well, if we this have contentious? to... It's a new year. It's no, a new I year. I tasked you when I asked you to come on the show tonight. Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions? Because you have the gift of gab, and you're quite the inquisitor. Yeah, I And am. you walked in off air as we're sitting down here, and you said you yeah. didn't have squat. Yeah. No questions. But now I have a definite question. Okay, go ahead. What the hell is that thing on your head right now? It's called cheap heat. Cheap, cheap heat. Cheap heat. It's a bandana. Not really. It's a headband. It's a multifunctional headband. Yeah, you can actually twist it and turn it inside out, and it becomes a pirate's hat. That's what it said on the packaging. But I got a whole pack of five different colors. <laughs> I, I, and wish, I, was, I wish and we no, had a camera in here right and now. And the reason I'm wearing it is because I've been watching way too much rock and roll videos, like old school, and way too much wrestling. And... I realize that if I wear one of these, it keeps my hair in place, but it also, the main goal is... Every rose has... Yes, exactly. It it gets a rise out of people, (laughs) and every person has some comment, like, you wearing a do-rag? No. You see the top of my head covered? It's not. It's not covered at all. It's a headband. No, but just imagine, you know my car, that little red convertible out there? Yeah. And it was top-down weather. Thing Greg yeah. calls it. Yeah, I was top down weather today. Finally, after the rains, 
And so I'm riding in. Imagine me. You know the good people of the River Region. You know the good people of Montgomery. Imagine me riding in, top down, in my little roadster. I'm wearing this salmon or pink shirt, really. And I'm wearing this blue headband. It's pink. pink. And I'm wearing this blue headband, riding in that convertible. How many people do you think just hated me at first sight? Because that's what I was going for. (laughs) They... The first thought that probably came to their mind was, I bet he lives in old Cloverdale. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't. Used to. Used to, yeah. Don't any longer. And the second was, I I bet he's gay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, no. I don't swing that way. No, I don't. Well, wait. I'm getting a text in from the amazing Kresnak. Let's see what he has to say. But it's it's perfect cheap heat. Like, Greg made a comment. Bear made a comment. Dan played along. Dan was cool. He's like, Joey does what Joey wants. Oh, wow. The amazing Kresnak saying he's still waiting for his invitation on air. Well, fine, sir. You just had to speak up a little bit. Out of sight, out of mind, you know. Yeah. Well, well I'll invite it, you. you come on the show tomorrow, Mr. Kresnak. I'd be happy to have you. It'd be fun. Yeah, well, th- the only problem I have with Kresnick is he, like, kicked me out of the station one day when he was sitting at the front desk years ago, and so I really don't have much for him. Well, we'll have to kiss and make up or something like that. Not mm-hmm. actually kiss. I don't want to see that. But uh, I think you'd look good with a headband. Even with your chrome I, dome up I there. I need something, but but sitting where I'm sitting mm-hmm. with your phones, yeah, on, the headphone band the, on top, with, yeah, with the with your your cans on, and that thing scrunched up on your head, it looks like you're wearing a turban. Yeah, a blue turban. I, the turbans it, are bigger than this, though. Yeah, but it's just it's it's comfortable. <laughs> it keeps my hair in place. I enjoy it. You're actually tickling me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and this is what I was going for. I got looks left and right, and I'm, I'm kind of owning that now. I like messing with people. There are certain things I really believe. I'm a pretty straight shooter, but I also like to mess with people. And that's what this is, cheap heat. Cheap heat. Cheap heat. Is that like... Well, it's not like I actually pissed you off. It's not like I, like betrayed you in some way oh, it's no, just no. that i'm i'm be- i'm presenting myself in a particular way that it makes most people around here go what the hell is that what the hell is that boy doing it's fun and, and you know and that's that's funny how i say funny it's odd how that we do that is when you see something out of the ordinary mm-hmm. like a, a dude wearing a pink shirt and a blue headband and you think there's got to be something wrong with him. Right. Why, why do we think there's something wrong? Oh, there are plenty of things with wrong him. with me. Oh, yeah. Well, I know, but I know you. I know there's <laughs> something wrong with you. Thanks for I know what's wrong with you. <laughs> but just on appearance, you know, to see someone and say, oh, they got a tattoo, you know, or they've got, you know, four earrings sure. in one ear. Yeah. They, they, they've, they're weird. Why, Why does that make them weird? Maybe they just like piercings. No, Maybe I they a, like tattoos. I had a, a professor in college do this with me. And again, I like to mess with people. But in this case, I was being completely straight. She was trying to make the point 
especially in college, all of us in this classroom are wearing the clothes we're wearing, even our shoes, because it sends a message, dare I say, a political message, not as blatant as a Make America Great Again hat or anything like that. It's not Mm -hmm. like a hope and change shirt, but everything you wear sends a message. It's what's fashionable. It's what's in style. It means you belong to the group, whatever group you're trying to belong to. And so she made the mistake, as she's making this point, to ask me, Joey, why did you decide to wear those shoes? I'm like, because they're comfortable and cheap. She goes, wait, you didn't do that because they're popular? I'm like, no, these are like from Kohl's. They're nondescript brown, like slip-on, like boots. <laughs> There's nothing about them other than they were comfortable and they were like $30. She's like, and she can persisted in arguing with me that everything we do in life is political. There's some political statement. And it, it's one thing that... And it got me me going earlier today is I really mark politics by you taxing people, you forcing people to do things even though they don't want to do it. Questions of war and peace, these sort of things. That's politics to me. The average, what we call office politics, is not actually politics. It's just just personal gripes. And and what you just said is exactly right. I've got New Balance, I think is what they are, tennis shoes on. Right. It's because it's the cheapest tennis shoe, and I, I mean, I'll run through them and wear them out, and it, would you catch them on sale for right. 15 bucks You're or a working man. You're a working man. Yeah, I mean, it's... And it's, people, and to my teacher's point, people would be a little bit taken aback if you showed up to fix their toilet wearing a suit. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they would look at me kind of oddly <laughs> they would look if at you i odd. did i yeah. mean that's kind of like so me in my head back. there is there is some point to that and it's just like if i showed up with a bolt in my eyebrow right and, and like what tattoo do you do on the side of my face i mean but here's the amazing thing that happens say you got your eyebrow pierced and for the first even months maybe a year people be like what the hell is clay doing but after that year, you really dig in, this is my gimmick, people accept it. Most people who know you would accept, oh, that's just, that's just clay. And, and, and you're exactly right. And I'm the type of person that I really don't care. I mean, you can have a, an eagle's claw tattooed on your face right. and come to my house, and I'm going to treat you the same yeah, as anybody else. I agree. However... Most people, at least in this area, they're not. You, I mean, is that? even visible tattoos bother people still. Hmm. Tattoos are starting to they're become a little more, mainstream. more mainstream. Yeah, to where you know, if you've got one on your forearm or something, right, it's not bad. But I mean, I don't. I've I never got it because I'm. I am a bit of a recluse. Even when I was a kid, I was never a big social butterfly. I didn't ever care about this stuff. Maybe to my fault. Maybe it's cut off opportunities. But I'd never really cared unless I was forced to, to like wear the proper clothes. Now I get it. Like you're going to a certain function, dress up a little bit. You're going to other functions, dress down a little bit. Well, in the way I would put it, you can't pretend to be something that you're not. Mm. But on the other side of that, I think that you do need to 
act in accordance with what you're expected to be. Sure. You know, when you go, look, I, if, if, if you want to have tattoos all over your body, you want sleeves and all that, that's fine. Wear a long sleeve shirt. Well, but here's, Don't freak out, Granny, when right. you walk over there for the first time yeah. and you walk up to the door. Right. And Granny's you know, never seen and, that before. And we, you know, we wear uniforms with our names on them and things like that. It's just, it's just out of courtesy just, and to identify yourself and to look professional. It's about being professional. It doesn't mean that I can't have a freaking alligator on my back going right. all the way down my back leg. I mean, that's fine. That's actually a cool idea. But, yeah. It actually, Especially if you're an alligator that, wrangler. Yeah, I, I may actually do that. But uh, but one area of life, I wish there is sort of an upsetting of the etiquette. And I think the president, you texted me that I'm falling in love with the president. But you make, are. No, but I'm going to make something clear. I, from day one, have found this man, Donald J. Trump, now president of the United States, incredibly entertaining. Like, he's made me laugh since the first debate. Where he's Megan, the best. Right, when, when Megyn Kelly, you know, kind of reared back and she's ready to hit him with, you've called women fat pigs, slob, only Rosie O'Donnell. I was like, I thought it was hilarious. And I thought it was brilliant. You took a room where you could feel the air being, like everybody was so uptight, they could back up to a brick wall and suck out a brick. That was the sphincter factor at that point. But yeah. he turned it, made it a joke, gave you an actual face to a Twitter war he actually had. That's incredible. And I think Trump has gone a long way of upsetting the etiquette of politics. But visually, he hasn't quite gotten there. I mean, his hair is a little, I wonder what's going on. I think it's his real hair. But it's a little odd. Uh, but I'm more like, you know, Dan Crenshaw. He has the eye, the guy with the eye patch, the new congressman. Yeah. You know, he has the eye patch for a reason from shrapnel um, serving overseas. But he also wears a full beard. I like it that facial hair is making a comeback. And you might not think these things are important, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between. But I think the more we open up our politics to different types to where it's not some clean, baby-faced dude in a blue suit or dark suit it's just so boring and i think a lot of americans actually agree with me i'd like it when things get changed up a little bit we're a guy with tattoos or a guy with long hair or a guy that you you should be able to run for office literally as joe the plumber clay southern wood the plumber wearing just that a blue collar and nobody should think anything about it yeah, and, and I think people are coming around to that, and I, I think that is one of the draws of Donald Trump. Yeah. I think that is one of his draws, is that, it, sure, he wears $5,000 suits. Mm. I mean, but... That's I expensive think, heat. He's, he's a millionaire, though. I mean, you yeah. know, a billionaire. I mean, that's what you're no, supposed but, to wear. But look, Trump's always been a bit gaudy, in the sense that my headband here is cheap heat. I could put my hair up in an even more obnoxious ponytail, more cheap heat. But it doesn't cost me anything. Like, this headband cost me a dollar. Donald Trump putting his name in gold all over every building licensed, that's expensive heat. But he, <laughs> he has found a way to be a billionaire and talk to the public yeah. like he's your buddy that works at the factory with you. That's in he yeah. even the way that he talks, he, he talks like I do. Yeah, he he doesn't use proper grammar. He just That's how most people speak. Bigly, 
<laughs> Who has ever heard the word bigly before? He said, "It's bigly." Yeah. And you know he he can he can and that's a, a form of communication is. And I, I've learned this in my business. You have to be able to get on the same level with yeah. the person you're talking to. I agree. And, it, and but you can't do it in a demeaning, condescending fashion. way. Yeah. Yes, you cannot condescend to someone and say, "Oh, let me tell you something." You know, the enthalpy rules say that uh, your your P times I over E should be. You can't do that kind of crap. What the hell were you just saying? <laughs> Look, th- that's stuff that's in my head. You have to tell them. You know, in the summertime, there's a lot of water in the air. Yeah. And so your unit has to work harder to get all that moisture out, and you cause more more water to drip. You know that pipe that drips out of your house? Mm-hmm. It, it makes more water drip out of that pipe. Okay. You can't go into the scientific side of what is actually happening. You have to communicate with them in, in order for them to understand. And that's what Trump... I think is really, really good at is he can take a very complicated system and he talks like... He boils it down. Yeah, he talks like a dude that you're sitting at the bar with over at It'll Do Tavern and, and it, you know, you're just talking well, to that him. that does happen. Uncertain ideas. I like stuff that challenges me. I don't like people that dumb it down or what. I, I think that's dumb for lack of a better word. But there's stuff that I like that challenges me that almost gets into history I have a fairly shallow grasp of. But, like, I could say the United States and China needs to be sure to avoid the Thucydides trap. That was a phrase coined by the scholar Graham Allison as he studied the rise of certain powers meeting an established power, going all the way back to Athens rising up to challenge Sparta in the Peloponnesian War, and the great Thucydides, the historian, wrote about it back then. And so now we're looking through the lens of the Thucydides trap at China challenging a dominant United States. You could really sum, you can get intricate with it, but you really sum that up as the United States has had all the money and the guns for a while. China has now recently found a lot of new money and guns. And when China rises up with their new money and guns and wants to use it, much like a young United States did in the late 1800s and early 1900s, the United States, who's always had the money and the guns, at least for 200 years, is not going to like it very much. And in history, when a new guy with money and guns meets an old guy with money and guns, they usually fight. It's that simple. Yeah. But they scholars like to dress it up. I, I think it's because right. they have to, actually. That's sort of the game they play with one another. Well, and they may have to, but you were just communicating, talking about the new guy with money and guns. Yeah. I can understand that. Right. You can talk about Theopolis all you want to, or <laughs> whatever you were talking about, and it's like... Thucydides, it, my it, man. It, it, Theopolis, yeah, Theopolis is from the Bible. <laughs> That's who Luke was writing to, wasn't it? Yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> mixing, mixing here, but it, and that's it, which I mean, in even religion or anything can be like that. Yeah. It, when oh, you yeah. when you get too deep and you're too learned it on is, something, it's fascinating. the The religion of a theologian, like whatever theologian, old and dead or current ones, is often very different than the religion of people going to church every Sunday. Same thing with politics. The political speak and ideas, whether it's geopolitics or healthcare policy, whatever. The wonks and the geeks talk about it a certain way, but how they talk to the masses is very different. 
Like, imagine, like, a lot of these folks that for years have called themselves conservatives. Like, the publication that just went out of print, The Weekly Standard with Bill Crystal. It's done. But for the longest time, they ran conservative politics. They were in the ear of George W. Bush, in the ear of Mitt Romney. They crafted a lot of especially foreign policy, and yet they're pretty much big government, what people I know would call rhinos. And it's something Hillary Clinton said in the 2016 campaign, to quote my good friend Andrew Cuomo, you campaign in poetry and you govern in prose. Which means you sell people a bunch of BS and over-the-top fancy ways when you're campaigning, and then when you govern, you actually do what you got to do. So essentially, you exaggerate and lie on a campaign trail, and then you write the actual manual how-to book when you get into government. You know, that's, that's probably pretty freaking accurate, though. I mean, that's yeah. that may be the only time she's ever told the truth, but that's pretty much what it we was, end up with. It was a rare moment where she was really honest. You know, because that's what you get in politics is everybody tells you what you... Think about this, Joey. Mm-hmm. What has every friggin' Republican run on for the last eight years? Eight years? Yeah. Get rid of Obamacare? Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Mm -hmm. What did the Republican held Congress and Senate not vote to repeal last year? Obamacare. They did get rid of the individual mandate, but... Yeah, the uh, premium support. Oh, so they made... The subsidies are They made a compromise, and I called on... These airways, these airways, these airways. Wow. In 2010, mm-hmm. I called Mo Brooks. That's before I was even here. Called him out on this and told him this that in, in which I don't think Mo is one of them. I think Mo is. Uh, I think he's even the good guys enough get corrupted, of an idealist sure. that he really doesn't want it. But that's what I told him. I said, you pass a law in 2010, it's not going to take effect till 2014. The impact is going to be, you know, you're going to feel that up until 14. I said, when y'all get in power <laughs> in 14, y'all will not repeal it. Yep. And he called me a liar, and to this day, I'm not a liar. Because they hadn't repealed it, because now the Republicans are in charge, and so they've got the power over your health care. Exactly. They only want power 99% of these people that are in Washington that are supposed to be our representatives. They're not representing us. No. They just want power. And they want to be able to swing that big stick, Mm -hmm. you know. And change the world with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and I tend to think that most, if not all, things in human society could be done voluntarily and more humanely than immense political control. But I I give the caveat of there might be some areas where you need some political control. There might be. You might need some basic laws. But for the most part, national defense is a real tough one, too. It's a great argument I hear libertarians have with one another. But for the most part, I think most things in life can be done at a local, voluntary level. 
You don't need the government telling people what to do. Number one, because I think it's not just the goodness of people's hearts, though we're the most charitable nation on earth. It's also incentives. Give people the right incentives. If you told most people out there listening right now, and most people in this country, Democrat or Republican, you can't use the government, I feel like they would probably figure out how to deal with their problems. You cannot petition the government to make sure your profit margin stays a certain way. You cannot petition the government to give people health care. But you still want to figure it out because you care about this issue that is a real problem. How do you fix it? Yeah. And it's something I often want to add. Well, the Democrats tend to think governments, it's not force and fear and violence. And like, yeah, what do you think a law is if you break it? Including, you know, meaning well laws. And I, I think that's the way the country, or I don't think, I know that's the way the country was founded. For the most part. Get, get over exceptions. here. And no, I mean, I'm talking about the initial people that came, the Anglo Saxons. Oh, yeah, yeah. That came over. It was, all right, there's some dirt. Yeah, go for it. And there's some trees. Right. Build a house. It wasn't like, well, who's going to give us a subsidy? For our housing. Nobody. You know what? I'm happy to not live in those. In a way, it's free, but I'm very happy that there's now this huge housing market. People have built houses. They're buying and selling homes every day. You know what? No poetry here. Just straight up prose. The bottom line, baby. Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. That's who I would call if I was buying a house. I talked to him this morning. He's just a good guy. He's on top of things. He has experience from a personal level. It changed his own life investing in real estate. He has hands-on experience managing all sorts of different rental properties. And out of that, he decided to join Bo Goodson's real estate school with the Goodson Group. And he's now a licensed real estate agent, and he's looking to be your buyer's agent. That means you say, hey, Eddie. I'm looking for a house with this many bedrooms, maybe this many bathrooms. I got this many people in my family. It's about this price range. It'll give you all sorts of options. And I'll bet you this, folks. Maybe you think you don't make enough money to buy a home. Maybe you think, I'm just stuck in a rut. I'm going to be renting for a while with this minimum wage job. Please give Eddie Bader a call, 322-0662, and watch him change your mind. The options out there are incredible right now, especially with low rates for the time being. So give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call. Again, his number 322-0662 322-0662 will go the extra mile. Little things, because he's seeing how things can go wrong with different properties. It'll be that guy kind of looking out for you. And it's why people go to a therapist, you know. Not for, you know, buying a home, but like mental problems. You might be racking your brain. You might be doing that too with the housing market. Like, should I buy this place now or later? Eddie will be that guy who goes, you know, you see that knot right there that you've been toying with? You keep picking at that knot and you can't figure it out? Why don't you try pulling from this way? Watch the knot become unwound. He's that sort of expert. It can help you out, give you that little nudge that you need, that little bit of expertise. So again, his number, 322-0662. Look at this. We've already chewed up like like half the show. Yeah. You know, one thing that drives me a little nuts, we'll talk about this after the break, is the, the politics of studies. Well, I've got this study. Well, I've got this study that contradicts your study. I'm so tired. Most of the time when somebody presents me with a study to make their political point, I, I'm like, 
That's probably BS. I have new information. <laughs> I have just completed a study on the study that you're studying. Exactly. We'll be right back, folks. Joey Clark. Clark. Oh, welcome back, folks. Southern Wood and I off air were just talking about how he was uh, accosted. Well, rightfully so. I mean, yeah. Sometimes you walk in here like you own the place and you don't. Nah, I just, I just live here. I don't own it. I sleep right there <laughs> in, in that the cot? aquarium. Your feet hang off the end of that thing? Yeah, they do. I need to call David Justice and get <laughs> like get nice little mattress. mattress up here. Yeah, a little twin or single mattress right in there in the aquarium. Yeah, shame I can't work on trade. That's that's <laughs> true. But uh, off air, we got kept going about the politics of studies. Oh yeah, and it drives me nuts. But I'll put some uh, meat on the bones here. What exactly am I talking about? And earlier today, I was presented a Fox News clip with a guy who has a new book out about the effects of heavy marijuana use. But as the interview on Fox and Friends continues, he's not being this dispassionate scholar. He's talking about pot's dangerous. It increases schizophrenia. It's increasing violent crime all across the country. People don't understand what they're doing. And I'm like, and I have studies to back it up. And, like, I'm hearing him going, that's, like, completely contradictory, at least on violent crime from, like, everything I've read, multiple different sources. So it just... Well, you're not reading the right study, <laughs> Joey. I didn't go to <laughs> imwrong.com. I should stop going to imright.com, go to imwrong.com. Yes. No, I think it's an openquestion.com is the best place. But this is interesting. I started reading into schizophrenia and marijuana. There have been multiple studies done that people who have heavy marijuana usage, like they're smoking, you know, all the time. If you are genetically prone to easier fits of psychosis, a psychotic episode, which might mean, as one article put it, you think the TV's talking to you, which can be conflated with schizophrenia. Or if you already are genetically prone to schizophrenia, you might have it triggered if you smoke pot at a younger age. But then somebody asked the question, if these studies are showing a correlation, not necessarily a causation, of early onset schizophrenia and psychotic episodes, why is it since there's been an increase in marijuana usage in general and heavy marijuana usage since the 60s, why haven't we seen a higher rate of the population having schizophrenia? Right. Because it stayed pretty steady. It's only about 1% of the population. I think like 1.1, last I checked, has schizophrenia. And to different degrees. So it's like, well, in my mind, what all these different studies are saying is keep studying. And there's no clear thing going on. Now, as for violent crime, what means what kind of violent crime? What are you talking about? We're talking about 
homicides, like somebody got hopped up on some dope, some marijuana, some Mary Jane, and they went and killed somebody to get their fix because they ran out of their the wacky-backy? No. What's happening is the state of Oklahoma and the state of Nebraska were asking permission from the federal government to sue the state of Colorado because of that Rocky Mountain High, so new now in Colorado, the legalization of cannabis. And what's happening is because Oklahoma and Nebraska still have a prohibition on cannabis, people are buying drugs legally, buying marijuana legally in the state of Colorado, and then illicitly trying to sneak it across to the bordering states that still prohibit it. This Mm -hmm. is creating an increase in black market activity. So maybe there is an increase in violent crime. But then you get 10-year studies that show medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, especially states along the southwest border that we're all talking about these days with the president. Once they legalized it, there was a drop in violence. Now, if you tax it too much, you regulate it too much, there will still be a a blowing and going black market. But it makes sense if you legalize something, you take away revenues from black market competitors, you'll probably have a drop in the crime rate associated with that black market. How many people, Joey, have you seen down at the Z Mart on Ann Street, Mm -hmm. which we have made fun of, how many people have you seen standing out there with 16-ounce beers in their backpack saying, hey, man, right. you want a beer? Right. I mean, seriously. No. And I know I know. I was, that, that is a you know, way you to You know where it. you see it? Kids. High school kids. Not young kids. High school kids. Yeah. Underage people. People right. that are not allowed to get it. And now you can go down there and get you all the Xanax and lower tabs that you want. Exactly. I mean, knock yourself out. Yeah, that's what they're selling are illicit things like that. Right, and there's nobody going to be saying, "Hey, man, come here. You want you want a nickel bag or a dime bag? I got you something. If you can go, you know, to a store and get something, and you would feel better about it. It's like, and that's- hey, it's like a cigarette. You know, if somebody offered to sell me a cigarette, I'd be like. No, dude. Well, and that's what some research... I don't know what's in it. Well, that's what some research has shown, that if it's in a fairly low-tax environment, they don't regulate the hell out of it, people much prefer to go to a nice, clean dispensary, as they call them, and go buy pot legally. Yeah. And, and that's it, with it's anything. Obvious. Yes. What, look, when you go to the freaking grocery store, there's a piece of beef there, a T-bone steak. Mm. And it's got a stamp right on top of it. What's that stamp say? USDA approved. That means that it's gone through the proper procedures of being slaughtered, and it's a clean, and you can take that steak, and you can cook it flat rare because it it's not mm. infected with anything. You right. can just right. sear it on both sides and eat that joker. And you can let the blood run out of it. And you feel safe about it because it's been inspected. It's nothing wrong with it. And it's the same, I think it's the same thing all the way down the line. Whether it's cigarettes, uh, whether it's alcohol, whether it's marijuana. You know, hell, why does the government not want this? That gives them one more agency to start. And you know, an interesting effect, especially places just medical marijuana. 
but recreational as well. So you see replacement effects. People, instead of using opiates, are using marijuana. And you just hit the nail on the head. That's why the government doesn't want it, because they're getting more money from Big Pharma than they would get through... Uh, legalizing marijuana. Well, and the Dear alcohol friend. industry as well. <laughs> yeah, the alcohol industry. No, they <coughs> alcohol was just as illegal as marijuana is today. What uh, sixty? No, uh, more than that. <laughs> no, it was seventy years ago. Yeah. Well, God, I am longer than that. <laughs> A hundred years ago, alcohol was just as illegal as marijuana is today. And the founding fathers of our country made alcohol. They grew hemp. And and then all of a sudden, it's the worst thing in the world. It's illegal. Mm. Then it's legalized. They they've got a you know I mean well and here let, I, my point is this I can cite all <laughs> sorts of studies that back up my idea that marijuana cannabis whatever you want to call it should be legal at least decriminalized nationwide I, I in any place that I'm living I think it should be legal but. I can go to all sorts of studies that say, yeah, certain crimes have dropped in these areas and people aren't using as hard drugs anymore because they can get cheap legal access to pot this way. Um, You might have a little bit of an issue with traffic enforcement, but that could be done with education. Well, you can cite all these studies. But on this issue and a lot of other issues, instead of getting into the, the my study against your study game, because oftentimes you don't square the two studies and their methodologies and how they actually come up with their figures. People talk past one another. They just let the statistics... Well, what is it? Lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yeah. And But on marijuana legalization, to me it comes down to a moral issue. It's not an economic cost-benefit thing. It's not a social study of the effects on society. To me is a moral issue of should somebody be able to put something in their body of their choosing... Choose the food they eat. Choose the substances they decide to partake in. We have laws. If somebody takes a substance and they go steal from you, somebody takes a substance, they go murder you or do something even worse. We have laws already against that stuff. And you might even be able to make a good case to me on a moral basis that certain things are literally poison. If their market is a good thing, that shouldn't be allowed. But to me, it's not about all these studies and the different costs and benefits. It's about liberty and the freedom of the individual to make their own choices and to buy and sell as they please. And it's not perfect. If somebody came to me and said, I smoke pot all day, every day, I would just like somebody who's an alcoholic say, that's a problem. You're probably not going to have your best life. might be a fairly comfortable. It might be your particular type of misery, your self-medicating, whatever. Life's complicated. But if somebody in a vacuum said, I'm going to smoke pot all day, every day, just never stop, it's not going to be good for you. Somebody has a history of certain mental illness, psychotic breaks, or schizophrenia in their family, you probably want to lay off it. I mean, things can be reasonable. But at, at the end of the day, it's not about, like, oh, this politician has this study, this politician has that study. It's more pretty simple. And I'm like this on a lot. Does it allow more freedom of the individual? And does that freedom actually infringe on other people's rights or else it's, you know, not freedom? So I, I think we sometimes miss the point. It's not that 
if we legalize cannabis, this is just one instance, everybody must go smoke it now. It's more like, no, you now have the freedom to do it or not. And you have the freedom to look at that slacker pothead on the couch and say, get your ass off the couch and stop smoking that stuff. You have every right to do that. You have every right to produce all the studies that show how bad this is for people and tell them how bad it is. Educate them. If there are your own children or family member, chastise them, cut them out of your life or do whatever it is to convince them. Yeah. But don't run to the government to force people to do things that... They don't agree with. I think that's an excellent point. We don't need the government making those decisions. But Mm. counterpoint to what you're just saying, that's all groovy. Let's legalize. And and I am all for it. I mean, legalize marijuana. I I really don't give a crap. I'll never buy it or use it. Because you made a promise. Yeah, yeah. It it matters not to me. But here's the deal. The social ills that come along with it. Even if it is just, say, in Montgomery, what are we, 100,000 people here, 125,000, something like that, you know, say 1%. Oh, well, that's 1,250 people. If they have an issue with it, I don't want tax dollars taking care of their damn issue. Oh, yeah. And that goes to a much broader point. I don't want my tax dollars going to alcoholics in Montgomery. I don't want my tax dollars going to obese people in Montgomery that's got diabetes just simply because they ass will not back up from the table. Well, let me ask you this, to, not to cut you off, but is it the fact that your tax, that the money's taken from you? I'll paint a scenario. Imagine somebody is in your family an alcoholic or somebody you don't even know is an alcoholic and they say I'm, I'm having a real rough time I need help cut my left arm off for them yep there's a difference between charity and taxes that go to so-called charity 100% and that's the thing that's just like with the border wall and all this mess we're hearing about it I have no problem with anybody coming into this country mm. and living by our laws yeah. and obeying our rules and, and assimilating in. No problem at all. Right. The problem I have is when you walk across that border and you've got a child and the next day you get WIC checks yeah. to take care of your children. I, I don't... Well, I understand the frustration. And I don't want anybody to go hun- hungry. I don't want anybody to go without diapers or formula. Right. I mean, I would help any single human being that really needed it. Yeah. But don't just jump across a, a creek and say, hey, now y'all take care of me. That's the problem. You can't have it both ways, Joey. Well, and here's here's a good thing on immigration, though. And it's kind of my brain's been racked back and forth, left and right on the issue and, and generally where I come on from on immigration is the reason we have for the most part a mass illegal immigration problem is because we've made too much what I would call legitimate immigration illegal. We prohibited it. And so but there it's there's because the government's involved in it. Exactly. There are certain groups that get here legally. They go through this arduous, expensive process and they get here. There are certain groups of people who come here illegally, and they're not really bad people. They want a better life. They no, And, yes, they do want to send money back to their families, but that's the whole point. Come here, make more money, take care of you and yours. But then there is the third group that we should all be worried about, who are criminals, who are terrorists, who are people that 
are looking to do harm to people if they get the chance out of either their psychopaths or they're so self-interested they don't give a damn who they tread over. So, my plan would be, yes, you can secure the border to look out for that third group, the criminals and the terrorists. And, yes, there's sometimes health checks. I don't think we have a mass epidemic or anything going on in terms of diseases moving, luckily. There actually are pretty good vaccination rates. Well, no, there actually are pretty good vaccination rates for most diseases, thank God, in Central and South America. Thank God. Uh, It could be better, but there's also in those damn hippie, you know, bourgeois, expensive left coast cities, people not getting vaccinated. And I'm not saying vaccinate your baby. If you want to wait, fine. You want to tear it, fine. Not getting into that tonight. Don't get me started. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not getting into that tonight. But... (laughs) It's okay. That third group is the criminals and terrorists who you're really worried about. So secure the border. Be able to have robust surveillance. And yes, if you want steel slats in certain areas so people can't drive and quickly get in and out of the country, fine. But that's who we should be really worried about coming to the country. And then legalize. Like it doesn't have to be full citizenship. It doesn't even have it. The way I would do it is you don't get, you're not entitled. No, the courts might have it out with me, but you're not entitled to welfare benefits under this certain legal status and say that that but, would be that would be my answer you just you just stole the words out of my mouth is you can come in fine come well, on take care of yourself but for you know a period of you know five years ten years whatever you want to make the period of time you get no public benefits get a job no. Take care of yourself. Buy your own hat. You don't get any Section Eight. You don't get any right. uh, WIC. You don't get any welfare. You don't get any food stamps. Nothing. You come over here and make a life for yourself. Knock yourself out. And 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 that's going to be twofold too. Because what that's what that is going to do is the people that come are really going to be desiring to make a better life for themselves. Yes. And, and they're going to work to do that yes. and they're going to appreciate it's just like this joey if and and you talked about your little red car earlier if i came by the studio tomorrow and said here joey here's you a new red car yeah you you would be ecstatic yeah about, be very i got a brand new one but you're not going to wash it you're not going to take care of it you it's right. you're well i wouldn't say you won't take care of it you're not going to have the same appreciation I agree. for it. I know where you're coming from. As if yes. you went out you and it. you earned the money, yeah. and every month you send that payment off, and you're paying for it. It's a different feeling yeah. to just, oh, I'm standing on this piece of ground. Now, I'm here. I'm an American. I'm still going to fly my Mexican flag or Guatemalan flag or what have you, and I love them. But y'all have to take care of me now. Oh, I'm pregnant, too. I'm fixing to have a baby. You know how much it costs to have a baby? It's freaking expensive. Yes, it is. Well, and I think if you legalize most, what most people want to do is come here and work. And because you can make a hell of a lot more money here for all sorts of reasons. Sure. You streamline that process. It's not full citizenship. Also, the president said it the other day in the Rose Garden. We better not lose folks that are like... People that come here and go to college, and they're freaking brilliant from all over the world, whether they're from China or wherever. Yeah, we need to keep those people here. Yeah. And then, yes, have a secure border so you can do a health check and a security check. 
Now, we can argue over how many people do you let in legally. I think right now it's capped way too low. There's obviously more of a demand to come here than what we're allowing in. Sure. And maybe we can address that. But I think here's where the rubber meets the road. I think there are some folks in this country, strangely enough, on the left and the right, if you really get talking to the Bernie Sanders types, they actually agree. This is why Donald Trump, I think, won the election. The Bernie Sanders types don't agree with Republicans on things like health care and taxes. They agree on trade. They agree on immigration. And the argument you're going to have with a lot of folks is how much legal immigration. That's what, I, that's what I've been moved to. Let's stop bickering about illegal immigration and actually start talking about what does it mean to be illegal or legal. Because right now the legal process to get here is incredibly expensive. It's way too arduous on yes. people. And if I think you are dead on right there, Joey. If you made that process a little more straightforward and simple, yeah. I think that would cut down on the number of what we call illegals. Right. I know illegals. Right. Me too. And it's flat out will tell you, it's too hard to get a visa. It's too hard to come in legally when you can just walk across the border and get up here. I know them. Well, and if you also this idea, you get a visa to come work and it's like up. It's like, well, I'm not leaving voluntarily, not just... I've got a good thing going here. Yeah, and I'm not going through all the crap it took me to to get it. To like begin I, with. I just my point of view is like I get why people do it, and I also want to. If you allow more people to come through a legal process that isn't as arduous and isn't as expensive, then it makes your job a hell of a lot easier to catch the bad guys because they're not all mixed up as much. Makes it a hell of a lot easier. Sure. I mean, and there's a reason why, like, what was it? Trump had the the ban on certain countries. I'm trying to think of the the country. Somebody whose child was dying, and they weren't going to let the mother in because... From Turkey. Yeah, from a certain country he had the ban on. Yeah. And so they made an exception. From Turkey. They made an exception, as they should have made an exception. Because after checking this person, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a great terrorist plot. My kid's going to die in America, and they'll let me in. Yeah. Well, I watch my sick kid die. I mean, there there are reasonable things, and I think we get caught up in the, my study says this, your study says that. Here's what my team says. Here's what your team says. And that's where I kind of like the president and a lot of Republicans staying strong on this partial shutdown. Because at least talk it out. Solve this damn problem. It's been how many, God knows how many Congresses and how many presidents have come and gone, and we've just let the problem sort of metastasize. Yeah. Well, and it's a, it's a disservice to legal citizens, the citizens of the United States. It's a disservice to legal immigrants who aren't quite citizens, and it's a disservice to the people coming here illegally. Fix the damn problem. Well, they could fix it easily if they just passed a budget like they're supposed to do, which they have not done in, what, nine years now? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But uh, do you like my cheap heat here, my headband? No, I actually don't like the headband. You don't like? What if it was black? I've got multiple colors. No, nah, American flag. It would look better. Hell yeah. <laughs>